Welcome to Snakes and Otters, a pointless discussion of eternal questions. Get ready, we're about to live in your head rent-free. Hello, Otterites, welcome to 127. I am Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. And fellas, it is episode 127, which is a... Hoopajube! Hoopajube episode. Love the Hoopajube episodes. Yeah. Well, we don't know, you have to... Touch the gain on that. We won't do hoopa jube like that again. That's right. Yeah, we're we're we went a little under the red there for a second. That's all right. When we shout, we don't. But we don't yeah. do that. We are usually men of sophistication. We don't need to raise our voices because our voices carry the weight on their own. Yes. Except we drop the occasional f bomb. Well, yeah. which done, is very rare. We've done it twice. I got bleeped out. You didn't. But that's okay. Yet. Yet. Yeah, that's true. I haven't done post production on that episode yet. Oh well, that's true. So he may be, he may end up. Uh, I think as we're a, okay. As I a beeper okay. noise. We, we, we've gone along. We could do this. Well, that one was a very particular case, and you laid out that you're going to do that. So it's. Do you want me to leave it in? Please. I'm I'm okay with it. Please leave it in because yes. that's one that <coughs> mine was a fish of the tongue. It wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Mine was a very deliberate description of an event that. Is very difficult to understand. So yes, it is definitely a uh, how to comprehend something monstrous. So yeah. All right. Well, then it will be left in, and Otterites by this time you've already heard it. Yeah. Right. And you know that yeah. it has been left in. Yes. So Otterites, as a peek behind the curtain, uh, no, we do not do a ton of post production on the episodes. <laughs> There's not a lot of editing. We uh, tag them with the. Intro and the outro, and put them on the service, and we run with it. Yeah, that's well, right. We, we like to think that whatever we say is interesting enough to keep. It's, well, you know, other than a very rare uh, fatal slip of some bit of information or words that we don't want on there. Yeah, which is very rare. Very rare. Uh, we we um, there's no need. Yeah, there's no need. We're we're that damn good. Yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <We're>, we're, <laughs> Yeah. All, right. All right, so now that I can't get my head out the door uh, here at Studio F, so, yes, yes, yes. Otterites, uh, again, we're, we're just maxing and relaxing in Johnny's game room here. At the Baxter at Building. At the Baxter, Baxter Building, building yep. Studio F. Um, you know, there's not even any noise from the rocket silo, and the negative zone right now is pretty quiet, so an I, I, I think he's done. I yeah, hope so, he yeah. must be done taking a dump, and... Uh, you know, we just love it. So it is. It's a lot better than Reed's lab. Yeah, which it, was okay. But yeah, it, it, it Reed's just, lab was good. But oh yeah, you know, I'm glad Johnny's letting us use the game room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it has its own mystique and yes. its own uh, wonderful bits. But you know, uh, couches and comfy chairs are hard to beat. That's yes, right. yeah. So uh, that puts the pressure on Robert now to up his studio game. Yes, at Studio R. He's and already fe- contemplating. I believe. Yeah, figure out how to do that. He's got a big empty space in the basement now. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, a treadmill got put down in that space. A small one. The the one I picked well, up from. That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been used, so there it's not like it's you know. Yeah. But it's still a very so good many possible. never are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because hey, some good chairs doesn't take up a lot of room. True. You need good chairs and a table to put the mic and a place to put the bourbon. That's right. Which yeah. needs to feature prominently. And there you go. We're off and running. Yeah, something, That's right. Something comfy on the os. It helps. That's right. That's right. So, all right. This episode, this hoopajube, we decided to do people we have met, famous people we have met or would like to meet. Or miss the opportunity. Or miss the opportunity, opportunity to meet. Right. And, and by that, 
certainly people we have met has a broad definition, but for people we would like to meet, I think our definition has to be, this is somebody we want to sit down with and have a bourbon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or make an appearance on the show. Well, perhaps, yeah. That would, that, wouldn't that be? Oh, would no. Not oh, be yeah. nice. That yeah. would be, oh, that would be kicking it up a notch. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so as captain, I think I'll start off. I do have one good story, uh, or one good story about meeting people, but I've met a few others that are interesting. Um, I got to meet baseball pitcher Kurt Schilling. Okay. Oh, this nice. was many, many, many years ago. Pre bloody sock or post pre pre blood well pre bloody sock. Okay. Uh, when he still pitched uh, for Philadelphia. Oh wow! So if you know Kurt Schilling's career, he went from Philadelphia to Arizona, mm-hmm. and then to Boston. To Boston, yes. Yeah. Um, and did win a World Series in Arizona. Yes. And then, of course, the bloody sock and getting. Boston to their first World Series since the curse of the Bambino. Um, yes, which unfortunately, many of us who are not Boston fans wish that curse had never been broken because, the, you know, Boston fans have become worse than Yankees fans now that they think their team is hot doo-doo. So, just saying <laughs> that. If you're, if, you're, if you're a Boston uh, fan, you know, no offense to you, but just, you know, come on, people. It's, just, <laughs> it's like Kentucky fans. Oh, careful now. Yeah, I know. I know. No. They just go a little overboard is all I'm saying. Watch. Yeah. yeah. So, but this was many, many years ago. A uh, fellow that I worked with was into, I forget what these type of games are called, but they were basically strategy games. He was into Axis and Allies. Oh, yeah. yeah. And apparently had been playing Axis and Allies through some sort of correspondence with Kurt Schilling. Wow, oh, really? This was so, a board game, wasn't it? It was a board game, but I'm assuming back then that this was probably being played over a computer bulletin board. Right, yeah. In exactly. some fashion. Right, so, yeah. So, GD or CompuServe or something, I don't recall the exact specifics. But Schilling really dug strategy games. Interesting. And so, uh, Philadelphia was pitching in Cincinnati, and... We got invited to go to a game in uh, Reds, Phillies, and meet Schilling later. And, uh, you know, of course, we had a lot of beer. And, well, and Schilling, you know, played uh, Axis and Allies with my friend. And it was pretty cool. That's awesome. It really is. Uh, uh, you know, it's not, a, not like we became, you know, bestest buddies or anything, but it was pretty neat. And but those kind of things, that's a great example, though. I mean, you must have got a decent sense of the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, because he was, it was, you know, after the game, it was in a low-key situation uh, where he was just relaxing. So he wouldn't have been putting on any kind of public face. Yeah. So, very regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So, now there's one you guys share that I'm going to put you on the spot about that I did not get to meet. You, you have to tell a story of meeting Charlton Heston briefly during his book tour. Yeah, for in the arena, which I don't remember what year that was. That was oh, in the nineties, wow. I think. It was in the nineties, yeah. This it would have been probably ninety five or ninety six, no later probably than that's, yeah, that's that's about that's what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. Uh, they had a uh a well so meeting Schilling would have been like ninety or ninety one. Right. So yeah. Right. Uh, well, that's early in his career. Yes. Again, uh Philly was pretty good at that time. 
And I think it was about the time Mitch Williams, Wild Thing, mm-hmm. played for them. The okay. closer that they had. Yeah. Uh, when we met Charlton Heston, he was on his book tour for In the Arena, which had just been put out. He'd, uh, it was a beautiful hardcover uh, that he would sign, which was kind of a thing they didn't do much for somebody his big name. Right. He, did, he didn't do that. And we had a wonderful local bookstore chain with, you know, group, I guess there were two of them, two book, two of them, Holly Cook booksellers, loved that place. Yeah, loved yeah, that place. Everybody they, misses Holly Cook. It was just a fantastic, uh, fantastic one. They had two locations, one on Barstown Road, one on, over here on Shelbyville Road, and that's the one we went to in Shelbyville Road. And it was a line. It was an enormous line that we went to. And I still remember, Robert, we're in the line, we're talking about because we're standing together as people are getting, you know, they're lined out in the parking lot. Because right. it was very programmed. You, yeah. you go in with your book, uh, and you go in the line, Charlton Heston signs the book, he shakes your hand, and you move on. You don't get to talk to him. But, you know, you can smile at him and say, hi, it's bad, you know, that sort of thing. But that's, because they want to accommodate everybody. I get that. Right. Yeah. They, they don't want somebody monopolizing the man's time. And, you know, we come out of here afterwards, because we know you're not there. Because you're somewhere, you're out of town, I don't even remember where you were, I don't know if you remember. But we came outwards, and Robert turns on the snark. And says, we should go get t-shirts saying, I, we shaked the hands of Moses, and Martin didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was out of town for work. Yep. Uh, and, and as I believe we've related on the show, Mrs. Martin got to sub for me, so she got to see yeah, she Moses. And got you the book. And yeah. got the book, so yes. I did have one. Because you can only get one book per person. That's right. Yeah. One, one book signed uh, I mean, per even, yeah. Uh, yeah, signed. Yeah. even your sisters, I believe. My sister was there, yes. yes. Uh, uh, yes she, she's, I'm pretty sure she's got a copy. I read the book. Oh, well, I did read book. it. It's a great a book. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. The man, and he wrote it himself because yes. when he was in town that day, he did a radio spot, you know, advertising what he was doing. And that was one of the questions, you know, do you have a ghostwriter? He goes, well, actually, no. I mean, I did write this myself, uh, which is an unusual thing for many uh, high-profile authors. But his voice comes through in that book so It late. does. It, yes. So I mean, well. it's, it's a so authentic. Yeah. Uh, and he, he was... He wasn't making many movies at this point. No. Uh, no, this, this would have been about the time of the True Lies, the brief appearance in True Lies. Say, I mean, he wasn't even credited in that. Yeah, yeah. I was say, he, I think he's came, doing what he wants. I he, think the book came out right he had, after that. He had done some stuff with Ted Turner, his buddy. Yeah. Uh, they had He had played uh, uh, played in the movie The Avenging Angel for TNT with Tom Berenger, who's another Ted Turner buddy that did that. And he played uh, um, Smith from the... Uh, the Mormons, mm-hmm. uh, and he also right around that time played uh, Long John Silver uh, in Treasure Island yeah. for TNT. So he was kind of just doing that. Yeah, he, he got to he he's got John to, Heston. He can play these roles that yeah. whatever he wants. Well, to. he got to he got to peer under the direction of his son in some of these. Right, well, yeah, in, the in Man for All Seasons, which that was in '88. That was the yeah. first TNT. Made for right. TNT. But then, I mean, that's kind of where he was. That's right. right. He, he can he, do whatever he, he wants to. Career. He's like, well, you know what I want to do? I want to. Being something that my son directs. Some of that. Right. So, it was part of that. Some of it was, you know, was. who doesn't want to play Long John Silver? I yeah. mean, that's a great, you know, that's a great place to play. And, you know. Yeah, I, one of the things I loved about the uh, the True Lies appearance was, you know, what struck me about that was, you know, he's in there with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who are you going to get to be the boss who's going to browbeat Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's right. and that's Charlton right. Heston. And that's oh, right. Yeah. And, that's, and that's one of the reasons he, uh, there's a story I think he tells in the book that he wrote this saying, you know, that's the reason he was hired is you got to have somebody that can intimidate Arnold Schwarzenegger. Who can you get? And he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even 
Even I don't think Gene Hackman could have pulled that off. No. Only Chuck. Yeah, Chuck did a fantastic so, job with that. Yes, yes. We, we shook the hand of Moses, and Martin didn't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do have two more. Go ahead. So, Bring it on. These, are, uh, these are very important to me because it's summer of 2013. Oh, absolutely. When my dad passes. Right. Um, so, in March, got to meet Arlie Ermey. Oh, um, yes, yes. You know, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, um, or, you know, Gunny, uh, as he's as he's called. And uh, that was at the opening of the Cabela's here in town. Really? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And so uh, he's very nice. And, and I've heard he was, he was a class act. He really yeah, was a nice guy. He yeah. really appreciated he, fans. Yeah, because um, he's played that, that role... That type of role, he's played that ever since then. Of course, he had his own uh, reality show there for a while, which was yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, he did nice. Mail Call that's and, it, that's uh, with the show on History Channel and did stuff. And he kind of played that gunnery sergeant drill instructor persona. for. A, but he did appear in a lot of other films as well. Of course. Including comedies and right. all kinds of things. Uh, even the Rough Riders. Uh, that's right. Uh, TNT brief, again. Yeah, yeah brief appearance in that. But he uh, was very nice and, of course, you know... Dad didn't have a ton of stamina at that time, very ill. But, uh, you know, he posed for pictures with us and shook hands, and we didn't have to really stand in line and wait for all the other people to go through. That's nice. So, and then later that same summer, I got to meet Adam Baldwin. Oh, yes. yes. You know, so you're talking uh, uh, Animal Mother from Full Metal Jacket, and uh, what is it? My Bodyguard is his other famous. Kind of role when yeah, he was he's, he's done quite a few things. Of course, it's and then Firefly. Sure. He was at a. This was at a, a Comic Con type. Oh, okay, all right. So you're talking about. All right, you're talking about. This was when he played Jane. Jane. Yeah. yeah. So that that's the, what leads to his appearance. Is it's a Firefly thing. Uh, so he's signing autographs and and all that kind of stuff. Don't forget his appearance in Chuck. I should say yes, yeah. Which was a, oh which Chuck was, really was a, it was yeah. about the same time as Chuck as yeah. well. So that's why he's at the Comic Con. Of course, again, all the brown coats were there. Yeah. But he uh, he signed autographs. So both he and Arlie Ermey signed my copy of Full Metal Jacket. So oh, I nice. think I have a really, really unique personal possession. And then I have a copy of Full Metal Jacket on DVD right. with Adam Baldwin and Arlie Ermey's signature. Sounds pretty good. I do have one. Now that I've thought of one, you were there. You remember this. It is usually not a wise thing to anger a Klingon. <laughs> but we managed, almost. It was uh, my dear, lovely wife. We went and met Michael Dorn mm-hmm. uh, at, in Cincinnati. And I know you were there because you're probably standing behind us. And we were in... I'm sure it was. It would, actually, it was not in Cincinnati. It was in... In Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And I'm sure you were there with me. Uh, and the wives were there too, and we were in the autograph line. And Michael Dorn is—if you've not met him, I've, we've seen him a couple times. So this is at a, at a, a Star Trek convention. Yeah, That's yeah. right. He is the classiest guy. He is so friendly. He's funny. He does a tremendous Patrick Stewart imitation, by the way. <laughs> Uh, oh, very good. This was. I would uh, love to see. Oh, that. yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, I, 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 a, a slight aside, you know, he would talk. This is when Patrick Stewart was doing the commercials for Pontiac, and. And they were still filming. You know, the, the show was still on the air or, or was only recently off. They were still probably making movies. And uh, Michael Dorn talks about how Patrick Stewart came in one day and he says, Patrick is such an ass. But he means this friendly. And he says, yeah. 
He says, Michael, I just made another Pontiac commercial and they paid me lots and lots of money. I'm now going to buy myself a Jaguar. And then, uh, of course, the whole place busts out laughing. And Patrick Stewart did indeed buy Green Jaguar around that time. But anyway, <laughs> we're in line to get an autograph because he he would do that. Not all the stars would do that. But yeah. He, but he would. Uh, and uh, uh, my wife comes up behind us as I'm getting there. And he turns just as she t- flips the flash. Oh, yes. You remember this? Yes, and I remember that. And she blinds, blinds him, him. And it's just like, oh, my God, we've just angered a Klingon. But he was so kind, and my <laughs> wife said, oh, I'm so sorry, and it was just like, oh, that's okay. He, he, he laughed about it and all that, and we shook hands. He's probably went, been blinded many times. Yeah. I know, but you know, he could have been, he, he could have been anything yeah. differently, because it was, it was an obvious thing, you know, we've, we've, you know, done that. So, that was one of the, that's probably as close to a... Yeah. Now, Otterites, obviously, we've been to a lot of cons. We yes. Have, we great. have seen quite a few Trek people oh yes yes Tons. Mm-hmm. uh marina certis i know at one time that was the first con i went twice to. for me from this marina yeah kirk because it was uh, this i mean yeah, not kirk uh, uh shatner. shatner we've seen shatner, seen shatner in, in uh in 89 actually the same year right. that star trek 5 came out and he was doing the tour thing complaining that it wasn't making enough money right but you know and well he showed up late because his plane was was uh yeah. was running late you know whatever the issue was it was travel related right but so, you know, he was a classy guy he, he really was. was he, he the, the he guy the creation con people were not very good about it i, I don't you know they were yeah, yeah. they were kind of dickish but yeah. uh, but, but he yeah, was so, he was everything that you would expect him to so be in the Dorn best way and stewart i know we yes, talked about stewart, stewart. Stewart. stewart was stewart. kind of a it was a very uncomfortable situation. With well, him. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've discussed that on the episodes before yeah. as well. So, but it's always fascinating. You know, one of my favorite, uh, you know, as far as listening, as far as the Trek, was uh, John Delancey. Oh, that's right. Oh, because that's we, we are Q. We are Q. That yes. is correct. Oh, please tell right. that story. We've, oh, yes. I, that's one we've not told I don't in think an episode. We have. No, I don't, I don't think we have. And it was in Cincinnati. And this one was we definitely. To, and John Delancey was the headliner of the convention, and we go up for that. And I don't know who this person was. And I don't but know he's was brilliant for asking. Brilliant for asking. He says, because John Delancey's character is Q in Star Trek, and he's an omnipotent being. Omnipotent being. And some person in in there asked, "Can you make us all Q?" Well, and I think he asked for for him to make Q. He made and John Q. Delancey said, "No, let's make all, all of you Q. Q." So he takes his hands and he just just waves his hands over the, everybody. The thing, that he the, does. Thing, the thing that he does is Q. Sort of like the uh, holy water. Oh, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does it. And he says, "Now you are all Q." And I miss this when I am not you, Q. You are not that's Q, right. but and, we are. Yes. And, and to this day, that's how we. Uh, and that's how, that's how we will greet each other as Q, because that's how the Q greet each other as Q. And these guys will not make me a Q. We can't. We don't have. The We're power. honorary Q. We're honorary Q. You'd have to meet John Delancey and ask him to do that. Or for Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson could do this. Or That's right. uh, the, the the chick. Uh, oh. oh, there's two. Uh, there's uh, the redhead who was also Kalar. Oh, Susie Plaxton. Susie Plaxton. Yes, she could do it. Oh, and I love Susie That's Plaxton. correct. That's, oh, we love Susie Plaxton. Not met her, but yes, she, yes. she's a wonderful uh, lady. From then there's the uh, blonde who was the, the half Q. Half Q. Yes, that's correct. I don't remember uh, the actress. Was Vash ever made a Q? Oh, absolutely no. not. No, they Well, are. you know, and then there's the whole episode on Voyager where there's where the Q are fighting the Civil yeah. War. There's tons of Q, the actors and actresses and there. who yeah. was the actor on... Uh, who wanted to commit suicide as a Q. Yes. It, he His was, character is a great episode. Oh, it was. But he died, so... Yeah, so he, he, yeah. he probably can't make us a Q. But no. So I mean, you actually have a good number of people you could request. Well, but, to okay. be honest, it needs to be John Delancey. 
It should be. So it I'm very be. disappointed that the fellas won't make me cue as well. But they are cute. <laughs> yes. And I will say, yes, this has gone on now for 30 years. That's right. We have been omnipotent all that time. calling each other cute. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, we try to tell our wives cues. that we are omnipotent. And they just roll their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because wives are not with us. Thank God the wives are not with oh us my then. God, could you imagine? That's right. We didn't go with them that time. Oh, my Lord. Can you imagine if our wives are made omnipotent? They already are. Come on. We just haven't like, realized it yet. Cue. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's been lots of cons and lots of, of yes. meetings. Of, so, uh, while we're on cons, so what are the, uh, uh, not the Kanunian Singh, but the, the cons. The convention. Uh, one of the, we're on the Star Trek ones. So, this is one of my favorite uh, stories I get to tell about our uh, Michigan friend. So, we go to see Marina Sirtis, like the last week before I come back to Kentucky for uh, going, going back to Bellarmine. And so, we see Marina Sirtis, we have our pictures taken with her. And, you know, she's very, very gracious, very generous and gracious with all, all the people. Uh, just lovely woman. So she's wearing this little black dress outfit, which just had all the young young men just, you know, swooning in her yeah. presence, which they did anyway. She is a beautiful and gracious she's lady, of course. beautiful and gracious lady. And so not a week or two later, back down here in Louisville, Creation comes to just across the... It, it's Louisville, but it's actually called Just Across the River in Indiana. Right, yeah. And so we go, and oh, I take right. the developed picture that I have of me with Maria Sirtis and have her sign that. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I had forgotten Oh, my God. That. She was like, oh, my gosh, where did you get this? When did this happen? Yeah, that's right. Was, and so it was very cool because then, you know, got to have my picture taken with her twice, yeah. uh, plus had that one signed. That's right. I had forgotten And she was that. Uh, very, very... Uh, you know, she thought that was the greatest thing that I brought that picture to have signed. Yeah, yeah. it was it's kind uh, of cool. She's a lovely woman. She really she is. She really was. That's exactly... Right. Yeah, we, Very down to earth for a big met, star. I don't want to say all, but we met most. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to think, say you met a ton of yeah. Trek-related I have not... I, it's easier to count the ones I've not met. Yeah. You know, I did not get to meet Leonard Demoy. I didn't either. That's right, unfortunately. Our friend in Michigan did. Yes. But uh, we did not. You met DeForest Kelly. I never did. Right. Uh, uh, although, but we met James doing several times. Yes, he he would make the man the sweats like a pig. Yes, God he, love him. Yeah, he 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 did the convention circuit quite a bit. Don't ask him about the Klingon language. Oh no, I mean you can't it, now, obviously. Right, but it, it was it was uncomfortable, and that story yes. is kind of out there on the internet. Google it if you want to find out the details on it. He's both right and not right. It's yes. kind of how that goes. Yeah. So. But he doesn't get the credit he should get. That is correct. That's right. That's the main That's thing. That's the I think. thing. Just because he he. Well, let's let's close the Star Trek portion of our oh. show. Really? And, and just let it go without saying that we've been to a lot of cons, we've seen and met briefly a lot of Trek involved people. So And you know, there's been the occasional nice interaction beyond the normal yeah. you know, you know, oh, which is and, and again and you guys stress, almost all of them just tremendously gracious. Yeah. And I understand right. they they, you know, they've got a tiger by the tail being involved in Trek. Yeah, oh, no. and they see thousands and thousands of people, and some of them are not as, you know, they're just, it's almost like Oh, yeah, a, it's always uncomfortable when that person stands up and asks, you know, well, in this episode, why didn't you do this? As if they're really that character. Yeah. yeah. They always handle it very graciously. Yeah. Well, they're, uh, they are professionals. Yes, they are professionals, and, you know, it happens all the time. So, um, um, I'm trying to, oh, uh, very briefly, Jason Momoa. Pre, oh, you met Jason Momoa? Uh, uh Pre-Conan, I think, even. Right, which was uh, like... 14. So this was 2013, same yeah. con as Adam Baldwin. Uh, my sister-in-law wanted to be in line for Momoa, so I got to see him very briefly. Now, she interacted with him, got him to sign something, etc. This, this really, which, which body part did she offer to have signed? Um, well, my sister-in-law has a great deal of decorum. 
Oh, that's good. So she had a like a stuffed octopus. Oh, and had him sign that. So it's kind of a Kraken, you know, yes. sign my Kraken thing. Um, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, well, we have to have a pause while we hilaritize <laughs> here because we didn't expect that one to come out. I'm going to let Robert sign uh, oh, laugh here. Uh, that's right. Oh, so, right. sir, while we, uh, while we pause here for this laugh, Yes. Uh, and move on to the next part of the episode. Would you hand me a set of little debbies there? Oh yes, the you, box? you wish for a little of that, sir. Your, your sir, sir, the little debbies that stand by your stand by you there, right. Howard. Yes, sir. Well, you know, <laughs> little debbies really do go well with bourbon. They do. I don't know yes. how that happened, but so they did. I, I am uh, I am cleaning my palate with Woodford, and even after something I didn't like, Woodford just it holds up the world. Oh yes, yes, uh, it's it's tremendous. So, and Robert, you're having more Woodford also? I am. I am. Francis, uh, I a little, little bit of basil this time. Ah. Yes, basil hate. Uh, Honestly, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to get to the point where I like the so. basil more than the regular Woodford. I still like the double oaked best. But I think I like the, the basil over the regular it's, Woodford. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. I haven't seen any anything that's rivaled it yet. Yeah. But, you know, we've hardly, mm. we've hardly mm. had them all. Yes, so. we've hardly. So... So, yes. All right, so let's move on to... Yes, I really haven't given anything yet. That's yeah. right. So, so I want to I want to start with you. Let the man work here. Yes. yes. Let the man work. So, Stand back. Someone you would like to meet. And by meet, I don't want just not just in the airport line. Right. But let's go, that, let's, yeah. let's amp the definition up. So, yeah. And talk, somebody you want to have a now, Woodford with. So, uh, I don't know if he would have had a Woodford or not, because I actually, the person I'm going to pick... It would have been possible because people did this sort of thing. Yeah. And we just never got around to it before he died. So, uh, the king. Not Elvis. The other king. Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. That's Kirby. So, he lived in Thousand Oaks, California. And, you know, he died in 1994, I think it was. 94. Sounds right, yeah. Uh, And he... um, he, he, He and Roz, his wife, were just the most gracious people. Uh, it was not unheard of because you know in the fanzines it, there's you could find tons of stories about people who would just show up at his address, <laughs> yeah, and say, uh, "Does Jack Kirby live here?" And you know they would invite them in. Roz would make him a sandwich, and they'd talk for an hour or two, and you know got to see the man draw sometimes. Wow. You know, I don't know if they are, I, I think sometimes they actually got away with sketches, but you know I don't I don't know how often that happened. But the fact that the man was willing to open his home, yeah. To random people who just showed up, yeah. just because they wanted to meet him, yeah. you know, and he was man. still the most humble man. Uh, you know, he. I'm sure he probably couldn't believe. It's like, I've been drawing comics. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, when For these guys years. started doing comics, comics was what you did when you couldn't get a comic strip in the newspapers. Yeah. And so it's, it's disposable it's, all the way through yeah. up into the 60s. It's disposable. Which just boggles the mind now, but it's true. So, you know, you if you were doing comics, it's almost like you failed at what you really wanted to do. <laughs> Which it seems odd to us now, but, yeah. you know, this is back when newspapers were king. And so he fell into that because he, he, he tried to get some strips uh, published a few times, but... Uh, the comic strip that, uh, or the, the comics is where he found his home, obviously. Yeah, and he was... And he, he really, Stanley nicknamed him the king, but it really so apropos. But just the idea that this man, this creative genius, uh, was so humble that he would literally open his, his home, he and his wife, just anybody who just happened to come by. 
uh, was willing to spend a few hours talking with them and then send them on their way. You know, thanks for showing up. It was great to meet you. You know, it just, you could literally have that real conversation with right. the man. And I'm sure the ones that came up and just, you know, gushed like fanboys probably didn't get as long a visit. Uh, but I'm sure that if you showed up with some intelligent uh, commentary or some, you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know, maybe bring him a bottle of wine or something might be you a ask good about thing. the stylistics yeah. of, of his you artwork. Know, what, you know, what what are the great influences? You know, things like that. Um, you know, don't talk about Stan Lee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that was still that was a very sore subject. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah. Uh, for the longest time, Stan was enriched a lot, and Kirby never was to the extent not Stan was. during his life. Now, right. the family settled with with Disney finally. Yeah. I don't think they got nearly what they should have. No, uh, no, they were, but you know, they wanted. They, everybody wanted it done, and so Disney was able to to get them to settle for. It, while it made them multimillionaires, was a pittance. Yes, but they all, but they did get perpetual creative. They did credit. get. They did. Yes, and that's and that's a that's a yeah. good thing. That's As I've long good. said, especially that first Thor movie. Oh yeah, that's Kirby. That's, that's all. The, all of that design was Kirby. Very much every so. bit of it. Well, and, and it and it continues on because the Eternals movie that comes out later this year, that's all Kirby. Nobody gets credit for that but him. Yes, he yeah. he that was he a, was the writer, artist, editor. That. Nobody had any say in so, what and that's that kind, that's kind of like. Fulfillment of his dream to yeah. say, you know, these are mine, and they're getting their own movie, and those creations that I created are really, it's well, something. And you know, those are it's not to get off on the, the Kirby thing, but you know, that's a continuation of the themes he was working on in Thor and New Gods, and then the Eternals, yeah. and yeah. you know, everything that he's ever done, yeah. uh, those cosmic level themes, but just. He was just such a down-to-earth, gracious man. Yeah. And just it's the stories that he could have yeah. told. Yeah. Kree you know. Scroll War is his, too, no. right? No, 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 that's Roy that's Thomas. Roy Thomas, oh, that's okay. right. Who was, who was, but he created the Kree and the Scroll. Yeah, he so, did. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, okay. and uh, Roy Thomas was kind of like Stan Lee's protege that took over a lot of the writing duties when Stan moved on into more of the publisher and editor type yeah. stuff like that. And he's somebody else I'd love to meet, too. Roy Thomas is like the... Guru of so much of what we love in uh, in comic books. Yeah. I mean, he wrote Conan the Barbarian for decades. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he and he he understood the now, source material very very well. Now, Robert, I, I didn't let you relate stories about some of your other creators you've met. But yes, I know you met Byrne, John Byrne. Yes, I met uh, and talked to John Byrne uh, a few times, a couple of different cons, and uh, got several things signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and talked with he's him. He's a pivotal. Late seventies, especially, but late seventies and eighties. Creator at Marvel. Well, I've got one of his signed uh, Fantastic Four annuals yeah. in there on the shelf that you uh, brought back. That I brought back. Yes, yeah, I mean, of course. Fantastic I'm looking Four. at the Fantastic Four poster, which I have a duplicate of. Yeah. Uh, that is that is on the wall there, which is from the cover of Fantastic Four two fifty two. Oh yeah. Sideways comic, hadn't been done before, or if it had, it was like a one time thing. It was not a thing. Uh, so that was so instead of flipping the pages left to right, you flipped yep. them up. Yep. Yeah, it was a, it so was an X-Men experiment. also he was X-Men, Fantastic Four, Superman uh, yeah. with X-Men. Yeah, so. that, that's one of his that's one of his big rise to prominence. Yeah, he that's the one that, that really catapulted his... him to fame. Yeah. He was also uh, he's also a, 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 an interesting guy. He's yeah. very opinionated, yeah. but not in a like in your face kind of way. But he's very, you know, he's got strong opinions. Yeah. He does not suffer fools gladly in this sense like if you come up and you want to gush over him doing the fanboy thing 
he will brush you off. It's like, yeah, very nice to meet you. Now, next. Because he has no interest in that. That, that It makes him uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that I did when I, talk, one the, when I talked to him was, you know, I think you're one of the best creators. And he started to brush me off. I was like, no, this is why. And I laid out my reasons. And I got more FaceTime with him. Because I had a genuine compliment that was well thought out. Yeah. Uh, so he and he gave me for free a copy of Twenty One Twelve, which was a graphic novel based on his Next Men material. Right. That you couldn't get anywhere. So he autographed that. It's like he was giving that to giving that away if you know you asked about it or you know whatever. So I managed to get to snag a copy of that. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed meeting him the most because he is still my favorite modern comic artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, super tremendous. Yeah, uh, just a ph- phenomenal creator. His stuff still holds up very, very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of uh, comic creators, uh, yeah. especially recently. Yeah. Uh, spent a lot of time talking to some of the older guys. Uh, uh, Shelley Moldoff, who uh, uh, met at the same time at uh, Burn. This is uh, uh, Motor City Comic Con mm-hmm. in Detroit. Actually, it was in Novi. Uh, he's one of the uh, guys who covers and, and art in the the 40s and 50s for DC. Yeah. And he was selling recreations. There's still more money than I could afford at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy, uh, Alan Bellman, who died recently, who was at, uh, he's been at the Louisville stuff. And he's a fascinating guy. He's, he's just got one of those guys who has stories. And these older guys, they're great because there's not a whole lot of line, which is unfortunate. But they're willing to tell stories yeah. and talk about <laughs> the comics when they're first being done and, and how it was all done. And they're, so, you know, they're becoming fewer and fewer all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah there's yeah. very few of there's those golden age guys around at all. I mean, it's just... Uh, even the Silver Age guys are hard to find. Right, right. Yeah. Carmine Infantino, he's gone. Gil Kane is gone. Yeah. Uh, you oh. know, it's just some of the, the, the early Silver Age guys uh, just aren't they did some of those. They did Steve Ditko's gone. Oh, oh, absolutely. You see, he's... Yeah, yeah, you he's one that would have been awesome to meet if yeah. you could get to him. He does. Yeah, yeah he was a recluse. Now, you know, you know Stan Lee was at the same con that I've been talking about. Right. So I do have some pictures. I can't say I've met him. But yeah, that same con. There. Um, I think it was the same con where I met Neil Adams, and you refused to go up and talk to him. I was. I was. You were starstruck. The, I was starstruck. That's great. And I couldn't believe you would not I, go up and talk I've, to I've, him. I've admired Neil Adams' work yeah. since well since the seventies when I was a teeny weeny little guy. I remember his work on Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yeah. Uh, right before Mike Grell took it over a little bit fuse later. And it was like, uh, Mike Grell's somebody else that I have uh, wanted to meet. And I know you've met him recently. Yeah. I, yes. I've watched every, bought everything the man ever did. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm just starstruck. I don't know what I would say. I would be one of those fanboys that would gush and I would embarrass myself and him. And A very Chris Farley. Remember when you did that? That was cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. where I would have gone. Yeah. I missed... And I didn't put two and two together at the time at this con, but Michael Rooker was there. Oh, um, yes. And this was at the time he was doing Walking Dead with Merle. Yeah, which was a big role for him. A big yeah, role. Yeah. And so, but as pre-Guardians. Right. So, right. Uh, of course, he's on the cons working a lot now with Guardians. Very much so, yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, I didn't put two and two together that this was also... Uh, McMaster's. That's right from, from Tombstone, Tombstone or right. I would have you know gotten in his line, but apparently the story became he and Jason Momoa became fast buddies here in town. Oh really? And drank the town dry. Well, that Jason weekend. Momoa has that reputation. He is a he's <laughs> wow. a hard drinker and a hard partier. And you know nobody keeps partied, up with him. They partied their butts off apparently. All yeah. To drink Louisville dry is hard because you got a lot of bourbon in this town. That's exactly. It, right. A lot of places. I mean, you got you got distilleries yeah, and it is all was, over the place. That was the story that yes. they partied hard. So that's that's good stuff. So 
But Francis, somebody you would like to meet and would and can muster up, hey, you want to have a bourbon with us? Oh, well, uh, uh, folks that are living now, uh, and I'll go back to our last episode, Bernard Cornwell has got to be the guy. Yeah. I've read every, I mean, I, I've read all his stuff. I'm always, you know, following him on on, uh, on uh, his website. He's very interactive. With so that. let me ask you this. Yeah. So since you have a past history of, of, uh, uh, choking. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 and and I'm I'm not going to excoriate you. I've, yeah, I've, I have frozen before and well, missed my yeah, chances I mean, yeah. before. Yeah, well. so I you know, got that James almost in, in Tennessee, yeah. and I and I couldn't bring myself the courage to go talk to him. And you know, you you admitted that you know, you would have fanboy gushed over right. uh, who was it you said uh, just a minute ago? Oh, it was well Neil Adams. Oh Neil Adams, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So you know, what what would you ask? Bernard Cornwell that would not be fanboy gushing because you can easily know, move into that. I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could uh, because I, as, because I haven't read every single one of his books. I'm still working through those, and I'm thinking, oh my god, what am I going to say that maybe he's already done that? You know. Well, I guarantee you, there's almost no question that we could ask any famous person we would like to meet that they have not already they have not already heard. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I, I, would, I, mean, I, would, I think you got to just start with. Mr. Cornwell, can I buy you a bourbon? That's well, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah I, would I would do that. I'm and a I would huge say, fan of your work. I, got I, I, tons I, of I it love. On show. I would probably stick with the sharp stuff. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I love the Saxon stuff. Don't get me wrong, but I love I love the sharp stuff. Uh, it was one of my. Uh, I still love it, and I, and I know he's been to a lot of these places. I'd probably talk about if I could talk about if I had the time. We're sitting in the actually having a bourbon. I would probably talk about. Uh, those first three Sharps books yeah. he did in India, I still love that initial trilogy. He wrote it many years later, but it was like the prequel to a lot of stuff. And I'm thinking, this was just so And good. still, without making it be... Remember that time when you wrote the Sharps book in India? Well, <laughs> those are really cool, weren't they? Right. Yeah. I, don't, right. I don't know I could do it. I don't know that I could. That's oh, why this is never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, because... well, you know, hey, you never know. Hey, hey. I would love to meet... I would love to sit down and talk with... Uh, couple people actually would mind talking with them both at the same time. Oh, uh, because I've seen a video interview where they're basically interviewing each other. And yeah. that's Stephen King and uh, 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 the oh oh no sir <sighs> the ah uh, the the guy who did uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, George R. R. Martin. R. R. Martin. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh oh a King Martin uh, debate. Well, that wasn't a debate. They were just they're buddies. Yeah, because they're both enormously successful fiction authors. Yeah. I mean, they're, and King they're was just two ribbing the him like crazy. I just say King would definitely give him a hard time for like, hey, we've been waiting ten years for that book. I can write fifteen novels in that time. Right, but yeah, that's hell, I've written, written a novel while we've been sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of, what, and I remember hearing about that. That's kind of where that went. It it's did. Like he was, uh, you know, Stephen King's one of the few guys that could get away with that because you know he's done the crap. But you know, he's he's done a lot of talks. Yeah, uh, and which you know you can get on on YouTube, which I've I've watched them, uh, and they're just fascinating. He's one of those guys that you know he's willing to actually talk to his and, he, he, and when he, he writes to his readers too, he calls them constant reader, which it's nice. You know, he's got a a, a way to address his readership uh, and addresses them through that. But you know, in, in these talks, he's very good about being open and honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody asked him once, uh, you know, what about you know, do you take notes? And he made the comment, you know. Take, a writer takes notes is, I forget how he put it, but you know it was basically what hacks do or something like that. Right, the, exactly. It was yeah. the last resource of the uncreative or, or some something like that. And that's been a rather famous quote of his. You're right. Yeah, and you know, it was, it, it, of course, the whole place erupted because that is funny because yeah, you is. don't expect that. Uh, you know, he's 
he's done so much that has been influential on my desire to write. So he would be one that I think would be fascinating. I would, I would agree. I would agree. He's. Uh, you could say he might be the most Stephen King might be the most successful fiction author alive today. Oh, perhaps yeah. in any in any time of our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about book sales over his career, probably more than J.K. Rowling. I don't know if he's made more than J.K. Rowling because, you know. The merchandising off Harry Potter movies is going to beat out beat out just about any of his movies, unfortunately. It is, uh, but you know, see, uh, but I think he's a much more successful output, writer. Yeah, see, but it's it's the craft. He's he's still oh, yes. writing. Uh, he's, he's better and better. It's better and better. He's still being creative. He's written, you know, dozens upon hundreds of books that he still keeps writing. He is a master craftsman, and as we know, well, he's one of the few where <clears throat> one of his novels has not just been adapted to film once, but twice. Yes. I mean, that's pretty rare. Thomas yes. Harris and him. <laughs> and then, <laughs> back in history, you, you know, Ian Mary, yeah. uh, uh, or, you know, Mary Shelley, Bram Stoker. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. rare. Actually, you had Fleming ever had any of his done twice. Yeah, it wasn't Casino Royale Royal 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 twice. Adapted twice, sorry. Well, well, three if you count the TV one. Yeah. Well, I guess if you Well, yeah, I suppose. So, the first two, I don't count. So they were they were licensed okay. and adapted. That, that that counts. Fine, fine, fine. So I'll take another turn here because obviously we have one big elephant, uh, so to speak. Yes, I can't believe you didn't start with him. Yeah, it's P.J. O'Rourke. So moving from people we have, have we met, heard back. We I, obviously no, we've not heard back. No, no we've okay. not heard. There's no return email from his publisher. So we may have to try a different tactic, but. Um, Again, PJ is the guy I would love to meet, and I do have something I want to ask him that wouldn't be fanboyish, because I want to ask him, after asking him if he wants to have a bourbon, I want to ask him about Doug Kenny. Now, Doug Kenny is the guy that he worked with at National Lampoon, who went on to write um, Animal House and produce Caddyshack. Yeah. So we've talked about Doug Kenny... In a blog post, I did. Right. You know, he's again. Well, he's on our list of potential yeah, art heroes, people you art should heroes know. Type people, people you should know. Uh, you know, if you've laughed at a gross-out comedy, you need to know Doug Kenny. The National Lampoon was his idea. Uh, he came from Harvard, and uh, decided, hey, they got this Harvard Lampoon. We could do this nationally, and. In the early 70s, the idea being nobody's off limits. Right. You know, Nixon's an easy target, but let's go after everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, as Doug Kenny moves then out of it and becomes more of a Hollywood person, um, Caddyshack initially did not do quite as well uh, box office as Animal House. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Kenny was an addict. Mm, yeah. You know, sadly, uh, you're talking 1978, who wasn't a California cocaine addict, but... Um, Pretty much. He, of course, he's close friends with Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase takes him to Hawaii. Kind of, you know, that was the uh, that, that was rehab then. Right. <laughs> you know, you want to get off cocaine? Well, let's just go hang out in Hawaii for a while. At least you're not in L.A. Yeah. Um, Chase has to come back. To start a film, I think, and they get word that Kenny's missing, huh. and they find him at the bottom of a ravine several days later, and the joke becomes, 
you know, nobody knows what really happened. Did he fall? Did he jump? But the joke becomes, you know, Doug fell looking for a higher place to jump from. <laughs> so, yeah. but that's, you know, that's in the spirit of the lampoon. The, right, the people right, that worked right. with him. So I, I would love to start off asking P.J. O'Rourke about his relationship with Doug Kenny. Because they worked together on... Maybe you don't lead with him, because you know, I don't know most people are going to want to come and be on the show if you want them to talk about somebody else. <laughs> well, you know, I say, are you, are you comfortable, PJ? Can we pour you a bourbon? You know, yes, we love you your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can we ask you about Doug Kenny? Um, because I think it's a it's a fascinating story. Um, they worked together on what was called the National Lampoon High School Yearbook Parody, which was based a lot on... O'Rourke's High School, DeVilba's High School in Toledo, Ohio. Oh. And, you know, it becomes this parody of these eight archetypes in high school, the jocks and the nerds and all this. And it becomes, it, it's the launching point for Animal House, what becomes Animal House. Uh, you know, it gets transmuted to college, other writers come in. Right. Uh, uh, other Lampoon writers, uh, the story about Pinto, the one character in Animal House, that, that's all from Chris Miller, who's a, a, a Dartmouth college grad. So, but PJ's obviously the guy, and I think I could muster up enough courage to at least get the conversation started with that, and then we can move into, you know, other stuff about, well, what was Nicaragua really like? Read the book is probably what you'd say. <laughs> yes. Well, read yeah. the read the book. But, uh, yeah. you know, Otterites, you know that I have a ton of PJ on my shelf. Mm -hmm. I have a whole PJ shelf. Nobody else is on that shelf. Yeah, you know, that's the one thing about um, when we talk about this kind of... Because we've talked about doing this episode for a while. Yes. Right? And it's how do you meet these people without coming off like an idiot? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, for people like me, it's not possible. Well, I, yeah, I think don't think you give, give yourself enough credit. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you do get really starstruck, but you could do it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, you know, probably the higher level stuff. I mean, like Neil Adams, he is royalty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know. I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's been Kirby doing great work since the you know late sixties. Yeah. Now, you know, I also at, at, at a more recent con met and talked with Jim Shooter. Now, yeah, one I time talked about him. He would have been considered royalty. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you know, he fell from favor at Marvel, and you know. Got kicked out and uh, he's bounced around doing various things, uh, but he was very gracious. We talked. Yeah. I asked questions. I don't even remember what I asked, but you know, uh, you know, he offered up all kinds of different stories. Uh, you know, a lot of the for him, I didn't have to ask a whole lot of questions. Really, he just yeah. talked. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, love to have met him because I, I'm right re reading the comics at that time. There are several questions I'd love to know. Why in the world did you all did you let them do this, or why or why did you make them kill Phoenix? Because that was all him. Yeah, well, and that, that story is well known. I'm, I yeah, was, that, that, that would is. be far more... Uh, but he started something. Obscure. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, unintentionally, he, he, he started that cycle of death and rebirth with, for that particular character. Right. Uh, unfortunately. And it's, well, hey, it's Phoenix. It kind of works. <laughs> it does, but yeah. still. Um, but, you know, uh, for some of them, they just like to talk about the work. Yeah. Uh, Jim Starlin was like that. Uh, so was Bob McCloud. Um, oh, Starlin is somebody I would love to meet. I mean, I loved his Dread Star. Thanks to you, because I would have never. Well, you know, it. there's a latest volume. Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. which I ordered. Uh, 
he told me that was coming out. Remember, that's how I found out about it. It's like, uh, there you go. So, yeah, that's how I found out about it. Himself, from the know. man himself. So, yes, I would like to uh, uh, correct my mistake of not meeting Rooker, Michael Rooker. Yes. Um, but here's what's striking me as I think about this episode as we've been talking about it. Otterites, what names are missing here? We've not mentioned a single musician. Oh, we haven't, have we? That's right. No. So as you can imagine, no, we've never been backstage at a rock concert. Nope. Um, but you know, and I, I mean, I'm a rock and roll guy. I would, I, I love a lot of these bands. I, it's just not a pull for me to say, well, I got to meet Ozzy. I mean, yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, sure, I mean, meeting yeah. Tony Iommi would be awesome. Yeah, love meet Robert Susie, Smith. Susie. Robert Smith. Yeah. Uh, well, Hang out with the uh, furs. Stevie Nicks. Oh, but that's correct. I've well, he'd be a dribbling fool. Uh, I would. That's yeah. correct. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I just just watching them. I mean, I've I've seen her on stage several times, and I, I probably dribble there. I mean, it's yeah. just yeah. kind of the way it is. But so, yes. but wait, you know, rock and roll stars we haven't mentioned really. But you know, those but, don't have most of them don't have a reputation of being approachable, in the same sense. You and know? the other connection too is all of these people we're talking about are. St- Stimulating as far as their creativity. Yeah. So yes. Talking about authors and artists. Well, so we, I listen to a lot of that music while I write. Yeah. So, but it just well, does. It's not. It's not. It doesn't speak to us in the same way. It, right. Exactly. It's, you're interesting it's, because you know some of those not the intellectual some of stimulation. those uh, musicians are powerful creative forces. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Stevie Nicks yeah. is a great example. I think Bono's one I would probably want to. Absolutely. Meet. Don Henley. I mean, for God's sake, some of these folks have sold gozillions of records. Because they're good. They're Maybe very Sting, good. but you know. Yeah, Sting. Yeah, hey, I love the man. He's great. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I gotta say, you know, when listeners, when you finally get to read uh, Francis's novel, mm-hmm. uh, there is a police reference in it, and it's very subtle. Yes, that's true. And I love it. Did you catch it? No, I did not. Oh, you Oh, did. I'll have to show it to you because, oh, it's, I love it. I, yes, I love yes, it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. But uh, again, that's that the tie that ties this together. We're not talking about the people who are popular right now. None of us no. have mentioned Nicki Minaj or you know, <laughs> you know anything like that. These no. people who we are, haven't mentioned political figures. Yeah, we have yeah. in the news right now. The, Kard- the Kardashians are not on the list. No, no. We're talking about authors, creative people, people who stimulate us. A journalist in PJ. But he makes you that's, think. That's who we want to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's who we want to meet. Yes, and that's I would venture that that's probably an unusual proposition. Active creativity be prized that. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to passive creativity. I like would I would venture to guess that most people would you know you'd have actors and actresses, musicians. Yeah, I uh, mean, uh, how many people would like to meet Robert Pattinson? A lot. Probably. Probably. And none of us would. No. I mean, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I would be gracious if, to him. If, if, if I tripped across him, like, oh, you're, yeah, you're Robert Pattinson. Yeah, sure, but I'd love to meet uh, practically anybody who was in one of the Marvel movies. Yeah, sure, just because that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but they're not high on my list. No. You know, some of them I would stand from afar and, and truly admire. Yeah. Uh, of course, but, depending on who it is, my wife was probably standing next to me watching somebody else, but, you yeah. know. But top uh, of the list is O'Rourke. Cornwell, King. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I got a lot. He probably would be, although Kirby probably is the top of the list, but I can't meet him now. That's right. We're we're, we're talking about those. But of ones that I would want to meet, probably King. I'm not entirely sure what I would want to discuss. 
Um, although I might say, you know, why'd you do this at the end of The Gunslinger? Because honestly, that really pissed me off. Because uh, it was kind of a reset. He's got an answer for that, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he does. And that's that's kind of cool to to have yeah. him. You know, I would love to I would love to be able to answer some question that nobody else is asking them. You know, where yeah, you that's you, hard. That's hard. That's correct. That's it could be because you know, for the most part, if somebody's asked it, it's probably an interesting question. Now, right. you know, every once in a while, he'll probably probably come. Across, oh, hardly anybody ever asks me that. But you know, but then somebody's going to ask it the next time. He's oh, well, now everybody's going to ask me that one. Yeah. Uh, now that I've said that, but you know, I find him interesting because of the craft That's uh, right. and the story. Now, him, I wouldn't be able to ask to have a bourbon because uh, I don't think he drinks anymore. The, yeah, because uh, yeah, he had some serious issues. Yes, he had some serious issues. Yes. Yeah, so he doesn't uh, do that. He, he, there were several books he wrote totally drunk, as I understand it. Some of the Richard Bachman books, I think, were, were yeah, when he was. When I he think was so. I, uh, uh, I totally respect the sobriety. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, as much as we love to talk about bourbon, we are casual social drinkers. Yes, we, we do not drink bourbon unless we're with somebody else. Or unless just, I mean, I have one at home on rare occasions. Just so I feel like having a, a, a... But generally, you guys have to be there. Yeah. That's kind of the way this works anyway. out. That's, yeah. so you're right. I don't I mean, drink it unless we're going. If I'm going to have an alcoholic beverage at home, it's most, most likely it's going to be a beer. Yeah. And that's still very rare. So yeah, we are not raging alcoholics, mm-hmm. even though we talk like one. Yeah, mowing the grass mm-hmm. and having a beer afterwards is kind of cool. Yes, okay. yes, I like that. yes, very much. So, gentlemen, anybody else? Is there anybody else we would, can think of right now that we've got to do? And uh, you know, there are probably some political figures. I mean, obviously, you know, we should uh, we should say, well, gee, we'd like to meet the Pope. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I would love to have a, a, a theological discussion on anything with Pope Emeritus Benedict. That's correct. That's right. Yes, uh, that's, he, uh, is, he would be a fantastic person to have that discussion. If with. he's not made a doctor of the church, I think it would be a shame. Uh, I think I'm he's that level of intellect. Totally all over yeah. that one. Yeah, um, I, I totally see that. Totally uh, you know, but of course, any of the popes, uh, you know, even Alexander the Sixth, I'd like to meet him and say, what the hell are you doing? You're the freaking Pope. Act like it. That's right. Because, you know, he's the one really, really bad Pope. That's right. De, de Medici. And it's, well, uh, been dead for several thousand, hundred years. So, yeah, yeah. having the babies and stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just horribly. But, you know, he was so busy debauching the place that he didn't do anything doctrinally wrong. Yeah, which has been a, a, a big discussion. Every time, you know, evil papists, you know, popes come up, that's the, that's the answer is, you know, well, they didn't mess anything up because the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them. Yeah. How about Doc Holliday? Oh, love the man. Absolutely, uh, would yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Wider, yeah, wider. Well, yeah. we're going to talk about both those guys in the future too. So we got yeah. to so you know, I mean, there. there's plenty of historical figures. Yeah. Well, Thomas More, I've often thought of myself. Oh yes, I'm often thought, if he were to come forward in time and hang out with me for a day or two, what would he see and what would he say? Holy mackerel! What are you doing with this stuff? Other yeah. than the. I feel like I'd have to be apologizing all the time for everything we've... we've you're correct. Yeah. Once once you get over the whole culture, technological schlock, and realize, well, you know, we're not that great at times. We've come yeah. a long way, baby, some ways, but other ways not so much. And that's that's yeah. where this conversation would start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd have to appreciate, though, that he'd have a general degree of safety now that he would not have had. Oh, yes. Well, that's correct. That's right, yeah. And that, so. that I'm sure... I would love to hear his perspective. Yes, that's what yes. I'd like to hear. Is How about Marcus Aurelius? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Again, stimulating. These are guys that yeah. are all 
Well, Hemingway, uh, if we could, we couldn't keep up with him. I'm sure on the drinking no. part. No, 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 no. no. no but, but, yeah. but again, focus on. I'll, I'll kick you guys around here. Current that might be possible. Current that might be possible. Wow. Um, hmm. Give me somebody. You can't always just be historical figures. No, no, no. no. Um, you know, I mean, um, you got to have another uh, author besides Cornwell you would love to meet. Oh well. Um, yeah, well, sure. Uh, Con Eagleton is one guy that I'd love to. I'd love to sit down. He's he's done the 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 quadrilogy on the War of the Roses, but he's done stuff on Genghis Khan, and he's done stuff on several other things. I'd love to. I'd love to sit and talk with him mm-hmm. uh, and, and hear a lot of the the great stuff that he's done. Oh, I'm, I got two. Okay. Of course, my current kind of favorite authors: Tom Holland. Yeah, Not the kid that plays Spider-Man, yeah. but the English historical writer, Tom uh-huh. Holland, right. who is active on Twitter. Right. Um, he's interesting. He's very involved in uh, historical preservation in Britain right now because uh, there's a threat to Stonehenge that he's about. And uh, cricket. So you can always ask him about cricket. He's a huge cricket fan. Really? Hmm. And participant, oh. apparently, in some kind of team. I do know who I want to talk to. What would want to meet? Who? Joe Straczynski. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the guy I would want to meet. Oh, Jay, he's the guy. Because my lord, if I could sit and get drunk with him and let him talk, uh, the the man was is just a genius. It's just he's he's a comic writing. But Babylon Five would be what we talk about, and uh, I would love it. Yeah, he he is a he's he's definitely great creator. Cool, Tom Holland. Um, I've interacted briefly on Twitter with uh, Richard Brookheiser, who's also a, a biographer. Uh, I just finished his. Uh, you know, that's the interesting thing. You know, on the, Twitter, Facebook, you can interact with a lot of famous people. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they uh, they they will reply. I mean, oh, I, I, I got a you know I said hey I, I just finished uh, Gubernator Morris, which is not a new book. I mean he wrote it several years ago, and he said well thanks I got there's more coming you know pay attention because more is coming yeah so you know, no no um, I don't know there's. I don't know if there's any any other writers that, that come to mind uh, off the top of my head, but uh, you know probably some several uh, some comic artists that I, I would love mm-hmm. to just meet and hang out with, see them draw, yeah. just get tips yeah. from whatever, or just talk about the stories they've done. Uh, George Perez, I was say that would be the first. Oh, one. Like uh, Perez, yeah. that uh, was Walt nice. Simonson, Walt Simonson, uh, Bob you know, Layton, Bob Layton, yes. yes, he's very active um, on Instagram. Yeah, Bob Layton and Terry Austin uh, both are. I think Austin is from Michigan, but I'm pretty sure Layton is. Yeah. Uh, so is Jim Starlin uh, from the Detroit area. So that's kind of nice. Yep. Um, you know, those are guys that would be awesome uh, that are still around, uh, that just, you know, love their stuff. Uh, Michael Golden. Uh, oh, yes. You know, that's he, right. He's a great artist. Uh, you know, uh, I was about to say Marshall Rogers, but I think he's passed. I didn't know that. I was going to ask the same question. Because... I think he has, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. I'd have G- to double check. Jim Golden would have been somebody I would have loved to have met, too, but he's passed, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He did some great stuff. Um, Sports figures? Any any sports figures? Hmm. Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry Sanders. You know, so, uh, from from the sound of it, Aaron Rodgers is a particularly engaging fellow. Really, because he would be last on my list. Yes, a Packer, but and, and and I think he's he's not as approachable as some other players. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's just off a stand on Jeopardy as the host, mm-hmm. so uh, he's supposed to be quite intellectual and, and very interesting. I think it would be very interesting to meet Mayim Bialik. Yes, 
Yeah, I, I, I would think. I mean, this lady is intellectual in, in yes. space. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's a real. She, she's she can real she can hold a conversation uh, both uh, intellectually and hilarity. Uh, that's not yeah. a word. But, yeah, uh, the the show they did that was set here in Louisville it was okay, not that great. My wife know. likes it. Uh, really? It's, it's yeah. It was okay. It's, I thought it's, it's I renewed. It got I think, renewed. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's right. It's good. It's but good yeah, show. there she is currently starring mm. in a film uh, in a television show. Call me cat. Call Kate. me cat. Call me cat. That's right. Yes, because she runs a cat cafe. Cat cafe, and it is set here in Louisville. Yeah, and they and they get that stuff right. Yeah, you know the details right, which. You know, that's a little good, you know, research for Yes, sense. I mean, it isn't filmed here. No, of but it's... But it no, is set here. Yeah. And I think the story is one of the producers is from here and is kind of feeding the correct things into the show. We'll yeah. teach it. But she's, yeah, she strikes me as very interesting uh, person to meet, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't so, believe we've gone an hour. I thought we'd, you know, be struggling I, I was it. trying to cut it short, and then we kept going, and it was good stuff. Yeah, well, we all did it, you know. We, I'd pick it up, then Francis would pick it then you'd pick it up, yeah. after trying to stop us. Well, it's yeah. kind of like well, Al Pacino, you know, just when I try to get out, they pull me back Yeah, in. it was my responsibility as captain, and I kept trying to keep everything moving and wind it up, but... Let's, let's, let's but I think we that. can wind it up here. But you know, that was that was pretty good. I, you know, it was fun talking about all the people we have met, would like to meet, and because, why, and why. And That's why. right. Yeah, the why is important because yeah. the the why is always important. It's even for gushing fanboys like me. Yeah, because yes. it isn't just that they're incredibly beautiful, but there would have to be something else to it. So, Francis, buddy, what is next time? Oh, we're going back to history next time. And some serious stuff. I mean, we did the this month. We did the one on the Holocaust, very serious. We're going to kind of play that forward a little bit next time. We're going to talk about the whole judgment at Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. This is going to be very interesting because this is kind of the emotional cleanse that we need after all that. Thinking and was justice have, done? Yeah. Because it had never been done like this before, folks. And yeah. Nobody, nobody ever heard of crimes against humanity. That's exactly right. We're going to talk a lot about that. And all that went into that and how that legacy is paid forward to us even today, next time. Hope you enjoyed another pointless discussion of eternal questions. Remember, new episodes publish every Friday at noon Eastern. Spread the word. We're on all the major podcast platforms. And leave us a comment or review because that helps others find us. We're on Instagram, Twitter, as well as our website, snakesandotters.com. I'm Martin. And I'm Robert. And I'm Francis. Join us next week, same snake time, same otter channel.